You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it, and you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food, because 40% of all food in the US never gets eaten. Save the food, cook it, store it, share it, just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com, brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. Feed me more. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy. I am your host, the Big Guy, Ryan Reeves, sitting here with one Pat Buck. I guess uh, I'm your second host that people probably don't know, but they will know now with this podcast. Uh, promoter, kind of a professional wrestler, but this is called Conversation with the Big Guy, so I have a second billing. Uh, we're just doing this. Uh, I don't really know why we're doing this. Just kind of a way to talk about stuff and promote things and shed some light on i don't know our lives yeah i think it's one of those things that you know i'm no longer with the wwe and with all the things that i got going on with feedmemore.com and uh the motivational book and the supplement line coming out and you know and all these independent appearances coming up this is a way for me to kind of stay in contact with the fans kind of let them know what's going on with me and for me I've always said, like, it's so much deeper than just fake punches and fake kicks to me. Uh, a lot of the fucking marks get mad at that comment. But uh, to me, it goes much deeper than that. And uh, I want to be able to influence people more than with just wrestling, if that makes sense. No, uh, I get it. And I think one of the reasons, uh, I'll say this, we kind of had a, a few people, uh, I guess there there came a time where people were interested in what you had to say and there was loosely an offer to do a podcast and we didn't want it to be fake and phony and uh yeah. we've i guess we've been friends for quite some time long time yeah probably too long uh but we're going <laughs> figuring out maybe and i've always said this over the years because no matter what state you lived in what state i lived in uh wherever we were in professional wrestling uh, I always spoke to you throughout it and yeah. i always thought that the one thing not, not necessarily that it damaged your career but the one thing you never really had the opportunity to do was to let fans or the public really know you. Absolutely. I think that's there's a stigma with wrestling that if you're a big guy or you're this you have a certain look and in you know, when I like to be multidimensional. I think I hate having limitations put on myself and uh, I feel like in professional wrestling over the years, you get used to seeing the big guys being the big angry monsters and that's that's the easy thing to go to, but uh you know, with Ryan Reeves, the big guy, he goes much deeper than that. And I, I don't think you can, you can, you know, be handed a script and, and say, read this and they can get your true personality uh, because you can't write for me. And I can tell you that point blank and uh, my best promos and the best things that I've ever done of just when I'm just being me, the adrenaline, the energy and just having a good time. And, and you can't get that from a piece of paper. But I think on top of not just that, um, what I'm talking about is the stories yeah. i mean the stories that kind of there's a couple you know i guess certain performers that are a little beneficial where they kind of tap into what actually has happened to them in real life or the stuff they've been through or who they actually are 
I mean, outside of, you know, seeing this vicious monster of a dude in the ring beating the shit out of people and a couple of promos, whether they be scripted or whether you're allowed to kind of be creatively, you know, different with them, I still don't think people really know not just your story, but like everything that goes into it. And I think that's kind of like why I, I kind of, uh, I thought this would be a real powerful tool yeah. because there's so much that goes into this. And um, I think I've, I've said this before and I said this recently that I feel like you've had a prejudice against you because most wrestling fans, when they see big muscled up, you know, meathead looking dude, they automatically assume that there's some manufactured, dare I say, uh, cookie cutter WWE like yeah. performer. They're not an actual fan not an actual uh got person who has passion for the business yeah. and that couldn't be i think you're the exception to the rule yeah. i think people need to kind of know that no thank you and it's uh i i agree with a lot of that and it's been one of those things i remember you know when i first came into the wwe as ryback after overcoming the ankle thing and all that and being you know hit with the goldberg stuff and i i always said i remember saying in interviews then like by the time my career is done I think people, you know, the WWE fans and wrestling fans in general will have a deep respect for me, but it's going to take a lot of time uh, and it's not going to happen overnight. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of things, you know, like the CM Punk going out there and saying the things that he did. Uh, I've had a lot of things work against me uh, that I've had to overcome and, and I'm still have not overcome some of them, uh, but I, I am not a quitter. I am constantly hungry and uh, I am just going to be me, and I think that's one thing people are going to see with this, is like, no, oh, this is not such a bad guy, you know? I think you mentioned a couple of things there. You said, you know, the ankle the ankle thing, then there's the Goldberg thing, then there's the punk thing, and I think over the course of time, you know, we don't want to make these podcasts fucking two hours, three hours in length, so we can take it subject by subject, yeah. and I think starting this thing off, you know, this isn't, I don't want to say, this isn't a shoot interview, this isn't like, no. there's so much positive things lined up ahead, but I think people need to know how you got to this point because outside of internet reports, nobody knows the real story outside of maybe yeah. myself and a few handful of people. Yep. But uh, I figure you can start that off. The last year, yeah. what, what went on? You know, and I think it's very important to start off by saying uh, this isn't a bitch fest and, and me whining and complaining or anything like that. I'm very thankful for the WWE and everything that I have in my life. And for the man that I have turned out to be, uh, and, you know, with Vince McMahon and, and seeing his work ethic and things like that, I inherited a lot of that watching him and seeing it, it drove me to be a better human being with my time on the road. And I'm still growing and evolving. So this will never be about that. But from a business standpoint, I did not agree with them on a lot of things. And I do not live in fear. And I refuse to live in fear. And I think people, if they knew the true story, and they will know the true story, because that is why we're here, that they will understand why I did the things that I did. And you know, you, it goes back to the last year, uh, winning the WWE Intercontinental Championship. You know, that was something, yeah, I remember when Vince came to me uh, and told me that, and in my mind from things, and we'll talk about it on future episodes and things of what's happened with me, uh, I feel like I've never been their guy, or I was never chosen to be their guy. And I kind of was caught off guard with that why are they putting the intercontinental championship title on me here it just seemed very random uh i thought they had not committed to me on numerous occasions um and that was something that always really bothered me but uh you know they put the ic title on me and then that's kind of when things 
uh, took a turn for the worse when they came to me with a new contract offer, which I go, ah, okay, this makes sense now. Uh, and it was an offer that I wasn't happy with, quite frankly, for, for where I've been in the company and what I've done. Yeah, uh, people are going to think that's mon- is that monetarily wise or is that what what about the contract? Because a lot of people think that it was about a money issue. Yeah, abs- not about a money issue. If, if, so just so everybody knows, I walked away from the WWE. The contract offer that I walked away from was a three-year, $1.5 million contract. Con- I, and I told Hunter that me and Hunter had many conversations that last year, and uh, and they were quite heated at times. And, and I would tell him it's not about the money. And he goes, what? Well, it sounds like it's completely about the money. No, it, it's, and he finally understood when we were finally done our last talk, it, it, was, it was about creative and it was about limiting me as a brand because I am responsible for my brand, the, the Ryback brand, the Feed Me More brand that I believe so strongly in. And when I am told I have to go out there and, and lose in two minutes or not have any buildup for a pay-per-view match, which happened time and time again when I'm not given opportunities to do promos and to be myself, that's what truly bothers me when I'm not allowed to sell merchandise or when they tell me that your merchandise is over on a ship for three years waiting to come <laughs> over when I can get it done you know, in two weeks on my own. It's little things like that that I wanted a commitment from on a much deeper end uh, and and the money was just is just one part of it and i was very happy with the money offer that we came to that me and vince came to an agreement on it was so many other things outside of that you know and, and i talk about it you know the hotels and the rental cars and and i'll get into that too you know i had that added into the contract at the end because i'd already at my mind i wanted out sure and i was that's something they 100 percent should cover if all these other independent promotions can cover your hotel and rental car i'm covering them. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> thank you pat buck no, but you know what i mean if if and then they're the largest company in the world and, and they should i think you know the wrestling business has been a certain way for so long that just because they've did done things a certain way and, and people have gone with it for so long that doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's time to start taking a look at things because the the performers are the core of the brand. The wrestlers without the w the WWE does not exist without the wrestlers. And you know wrestlers still exist without WWE. Sure, but the WWE is not where it is without its core, and that is the wrestlers. You talk about the rent a car, the hotels, and I think a lot for this podcast too. What I can contribute to this is that yes, I've been a professional wrestler i guess i'm a trainer i'm a you know i never signed a major deal with any company but i've kind of earned my respect in different ways but i'm a promoter and i've been a promoter for the better part of i dare i say i'm approaching five years running some of the um, most successful independent shows in the northeast uh and but with that mentality it is very weird that i'm it that's just the way wrestling is is yeah you know a guy such as yourself or an independent guy you know if, if i if i use somebody from California, whether they be the biggest superstar in the world or, or whomever, I'm responsible for paying, making sure I pay for them to get to the building, which WWE does do, obviously, flights and everything like that. Yeah. Um, rent a car, maybe not so much, but I would be responsible to make sure that the person has transportation to and from the building. Yeah. And hotel is a n- no-brainer. I mean, yeah. every promoter that books a talent is going to cover hotel. Yep. It's kind of mind-boggling that for, and it's not just with WWE, but with TV wrestling companies, they've been able to kind of skate by that rule just yeah. to save a cost. And it's, I don't think it's exactly right. It's mind-blowing that we're in 2016 and this is still going on. 
and I think that they're 30 years behind everything else, and it's... But it didn't used to be that way, correct? They, you, did they ever cover at least the TV hotel? Or I mean, I think for people that when you first get on the road, usually out of okay. developmental, they kind of take care of those expenses for the first, you know, two, three, four months. I think that's to kind of ease you into that transition of coming up. Because what a lot of people don't realize, you know, and I sit there and I say, you know, one point five million over three years, you take six hundred thousand dollars out of that for taxes. Forty percent is usually what we're going to be taxed, the tax rate, of sure. the amount of money that we're making, and then you put in travel expenses. And it depends, you know, I travel alone, so my expenses are higher than when traveling with three or four guys who are trying to save money. You know, my travel expense is $150,000 easy a year. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's not as much money as you think after you start taking away some of those expenses. And it's and for what you're putting your body through and what you're doing and the amount of work you're doing and the amount of money that you're earning the company. So it's just one of those things, I think, that needs to be looked into. And in and, and a lot of people... Like I said, don't live in fear. Like, it's not right. So it's not fucking right. Do something about it. Don't just, and people come in there and, and, you know, we're all fans of the business. And I feel like they've always preyed upon that of guys who have a love for the business because, well, where else are you going to go? And, exactly. and especially the guys out of NXT, and they're going to be so loyal to that opportunity. And I was the same way coming up there. And you just, you're, well, you're not going to make this much money anywhere else. And, but you don't know that. You just kind of, it's being presented in front of you there. And I think people need to start. I've always spoken up from day one. I think more people need to because otherwise nothing's going to change and it's going to continue to stay the same way. But people have to have courage to say, you know what, this isn't right. And it's not always easy when you have families and, and kids and, and, and things of that nature. But if enough people did it, you know, it wouldn't still be like this. Sure. Uh, your last day there, yeah. you know, people, uh, the internet fans, I feel like, I feel like when you wrote that thing about, you know, whether uh, that whole thing that, that you wrote yep. about um, relatively equal pay and things like that, you won them over for a minute. But there's been a lot of times beforehand where they've not been so kind to you. Yeah. And since then, since within the last month or so, there's been internet stuff, uh, dare I say, used against you. And I'll say it by Meltzer uh, regarding, you know, what your price is, yeah. trying to make it that you are about the money. Yeah. Um, what do you what do you say to that? One, I mean, I haven't handled one of those bookings. Oh, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> I know. I know the guy. Uh, no, I think. To come back to that, people need to know, going back, why I did what I did uh, with the WWE and with Vince. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to that article and all this, and then we can get on to that. It's, so when I had that new contract offered to me by Vince, I've been lied to different times throughout my career there. And that was something that I, I've always been very loyal to them, and uh, I've given them everything that I've had at every moment. And do, you want to, do you want to say what you're lied to about it all? or? Uh, I think it's just booking stuff and, and opportunities and, and just different situations as one day at a time up there. And this last, the last three months there with that conversation with Vince, the particular thing that I was lied to about after we came to terms on the, on the money, which wasn't about the money. It was about being lied to and the commitment and things in the past with merchandise and things that we'll talk about. And he told me that he essentially was going to make me his number one heel. Okay. He was going to put the title on me. All I had to do was just listen to him, read his promos word for word, and he would take me to the motherland was his exact words. 
Uh, were these the Ultimate Warrior style promos? Or were these different? No, and again, that's a whole other you know conversation for those Warrior promos. But this was a whole different one. Okay. Uh, I left the office that day. We were we were. This was before WrestleMania. Uh, my opponent was supposed to be AJ Styles at WrestleMania, uh, in which Vince told me I am going to squash that little twerp. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I didn't really foresee that happening with everything, the way he was being brought in and, and whatnot. But which is a shame to say because I mean AJ is a fantastic performer. He's he's incredible. I, I've wrestled him over on overseas tours, and that was my first time ever wrestling him, and, and it was a breeze, and we had fun, and the crowd went crazy. Mm-hmm. I could wrestle him every day of the year, uh, and. So anyways, a week after that conversation, so this new contract, this is, this is at the end of all this, I'm sure. I have this contract, and I would have signed it, but I wanted, I wanted to see if he was going to come through on his words this final time because I, I was at my, you know, my boiling point, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, a week after that conversation, my opponent had already been changed to then Kalisto. Okay. And it was then, okay, we're going to do the U.S. title and heat me up and and stick to the game plan and whatnot. Well, for whatever reason, as you all know, then the WrestleMania match got put on the pre-show. I was told, you know, the direction we were going, you know, days before. And in my, that after I got that, that's when I went to the attorney and I, I said, I want to make these changes in the contract because if I'm going to stay here, I need to know they're going to commit to me because they're just lying to me now, mm-hmm. left and right, and they've been lying to me. And uh, we go through all that. We do business. And then the next one, payback, same thing, put on the pre-show. And that was him just, he, that's him fucking around. He already knew, he knew I wasn't happy, knew I wasn't pissed. And payback, we do our business. And then finally, we get to that day in St. Louis. And I thought me and Kalisto, and we'd been working live events and, and killing it night in and night out. And anybody who's ever seen me on a WWE live event knows there's a difference between a live event and TV because sure. I'm allowed to have time out there. Which wasn't always the case with TV. Now, you think this whole up to this point is intentional by him or maybe just there's so much going on, lack of preparation? And, you know, it could be. Uh, But with a guy like me, that shouldn't be the case. And I've said that from the beginning. We've mishandled me from the very beginning. Um, Mishandled a lot of talents. Uh, But in my case particularly, I think it's been mishandled, you know, horribly. Um, I got there that day and I saw the direction we were going for the TV after having the pay-per-view match that we'd had. And, uh, and I knew is he, he, they already had the new contract that okay. with the changes in it. And so now I felt like we were just going to run me into the ground mm-hmm. before I left and get me as low as we could possibly get. And we've seen them do it with guys. Sure. And the, the booking that I saw for that day was you are a piece of shit. And we're going to tell these people you're a piece of shit. And you know what? I'm not a piece of shit. I'm not, and I'm done. I'm done being walked around. I'm done living in fear. And that was the day I just walked. I went to Toronto. I go, take me off this fucking TV show. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I never saw Vince. I didn't want to see him. I'd had too many conversations with him where he lied to me. And it was one of those, fly me home. I'm done. I'm done. You're going to fix my nose and my ear. I'm going to get better, and we're done. And they had the new contract, and I knew they weren't going to go for that. And, and that was my way out. So, well, One thing, uh, you know, you've mentioned three different things in the past year. But uh, you've been there a while, so, yeah. so it's hard for me to believe. I just don't want fans or listeners or, or the boys because they're listening to to misconstrue that it's just three occasions. 
Yeah. It's a lot more than that, isn't oh, it? Oh, it goes, you know, it goes back to the ankle with all that. And, and, and again, this isn't really necessarily, I don't think, a, hey, you know, it, clearly, and you said before that, that working for WWE and seeing the work ethic of, of Vince or this isn't like a, a bitch fest. No. But I think what people have to really, it, it's almost crazy from the outside looking in and there's been, I think, there's been several performers over the course of the last couple of years, five, four or five years, that have naturally gotten over, yeah. you know, whether it be someone the likes of, of Dan and uh, yourself, uh, even Sandow, or yeah. people of that where they actually naturally click and resonate with the audience, and then WWE does something. If you're not that. chosen by them, it doesn't matter. And, you know, being a publicly traded company and, that's not the way business should operate, and that I don't agree with that one bit. And there's been many guys that have gone out there and, and gotten themselves over, but if you're not in that game plan, too bad. And you know, and I felt like I overcome things on several different occasions to only just be shut down. And it gets it's frustrating. And I, I'm a creative human being. We all are, and I thrive on creativity and. In putting limitations on somebody and such as myself it is the worst thing and just over time it eats away at you and and I knew I was like I got to get out of there and it's nothing against them we just didn't see eye to eye and all I could do is just share my truth and my facts of working there and and what I went through essentially uh and to open people's eyes of it that I'm not this guy that some of you know the fans think I am um and it, it'll never be, I told you, I'm always going to be thankful for the WWE and, and Hunter and Vince and Stephanie and all them. But it's, uh, I'm allowed to have to feel this way because I've experienced it. I've lived it. I've given them everything. I've been the guy for them and going out there and, uh, and I feel betrayed on certain things. I'm allowed to feel betrayed. Um, and I, I don't have to just go home and not talk about it and because nothing comes of that. You know. And people saying, you know, don't burn your bridge. I'm not burning a bridge. I'm just telling the truth. And if they don't like it, too bad. Because I'm going to speak up. Because I'm not. I don't live in fear, and and I have courage. And I think it needs some. Some of these things needs to be talked about. Do you think it's a time? Because I don't know if people really. I don't think you've ever actually had a platform to really talk about the ankle. I don't know if you want to save that for. Because I mean, what? When did it start? With okay, look. The thing is, I think people kind of forget that it wasn't just like Ryback debuted. You know, you spent a little yeah. bit of time in developmental. And then you, I mean, you went through some shit too, man. Yeah, I mean, you went through being hired in developmental, fired in developmental, yeah. rehired in developmental, which is an episode all itself, going through all FCW as a different character, then coming back to doing your own thing, then to be, to have that run coming up. And I don't think the way you feel now is clearly not the way you felt when you were kind of starting to really catch fire as your persona. Uh, I'm not really sure where I'm, I'm trying to go with the question here, but it's just that like, you know, um, it was. It's been more though. Like, I know than the last year mm -hmm. of, of things going on there, and it's it's little thing after little thing. And I think if people don't understand, and a lot of people don't know. Like so, when I, you know, came in as Ryback, uh, and we did the the locals, the local competitors. Were you having fun then? Yeah, the, and, and two, and another thing with that, the the, and I can't say thank you enough to all those local guys that 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 went in the ring with me with that. And I, we always joke Tyson kid. Uh, I would, uh, with all those guys, I'd start having lunch with them. I was around them all day okay. because 
one, I, and I loved the fact I had creative freedom with this to go out there and do whatever I wanted. And, and Hunter would help out and give me some ideas on this and there. And someone else, you know, Fit or Arn would, would put something here and there. But ultimately, I was allowed to kind of use my creative juices more during this. And I thought we, I knew when I started going against the guys in the, on the smaller side, I was like, I got to make this like a car wreck and make it very entertaining to, yeah. to get people to be interested and in no this. And no one told you, do this, do that. They kind of... They allowed you to create. They allowed me to go out there and get over. Sure. Which works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but Tyson would joke about I'd spend time with these guys. And because I was trusting at that point, Mike, in, in my career, you know, it's very fragile and it can go south at any point. Yeah. Every week is the most important week. So I needed these guys to understand that I'm not going out there alone and doing this, that, that without them, I'm not going to go out there and get over. And without them taking the bumps that they were taking and, and, and trusting me to put this thing together. Mm-hmm. And they all, I can't tell you, there was not one guy that did not come through. And some were probably a little better than others, but ultimately every single one of them came out there and gave me everything they had. And in the end, it worked out beautifully. But it was one of those things, we were, were riding that wave. I, I wasn't, I had some really good momentum, but I feel like we... Do you think they had any plans whatsoever? No. They, they liked the fact that you were a, a natural catchphrase, yeah. just born, new guys getting over. I mean, because I mean, they exist with wrestling, squash, which, which you're getting back to now, which is yeah. great and everything. And I also think it's kind of ironic that, uh, you know, those guys taking the bumps. And I know many of them, a guy like John Silver, a couple guys. You've been I've that been, guy for. I've been, for yeah. yeah. Uh, got a gold medal in enhancement talent work. But, My first uh, match at OVW, the nerd Pat Buck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these guys, it's, you know, they're taking these bumps. They're, they're there. They're getting paid to be an extra for the day. Yeah. And they would literally sell their soul. And I mean that in a good way, because I've been there to get a job with this well-respected, the most prestigious juggernaut. Of a juggernaut of a professional wrestling company in the world and you know you're put in a position where you're like I'm I'm creatively delivering I get to do all all this stuff and it's just real sad that like you know you get to this position you, you hear this from a lot of performers that just it doesn't you did you ever lose that passion like was it just you had passion for pro wrestling but yeah. you kind of lost your passion for the company is that uh, I don't and I still, I don't, I want to say no to that still. Yeah. I still want to believe that, that, you know, ultimately this is all going to be made right and, 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 and be fine. Uh, and like, I've always taken negatives and I this is the real me we got to see on TV. Whenever I would talk about the secret of the negativity, I really truly feel that I take negative things. I put them in my stomach and I turn them into positives. Um, so going back to this, you know, Cena goes, it gets down, goes down with an untimely inter, uh, injury during all this. I'm get, starting to get some real momentum. Things are picking up. I'm pulled out of that. I'm, I'm very early on it in my development. Still, I'm, I've barely touched guys on the main roster. I think I'd had a, a couple matches with like 3MB. Okay. Uh, I think I had some matches with Jack Swagger at the time. Uh, and then Miz was like, was it. And then it was pulled from that. And then thrown into the main event, okay, right away. And people, I always, that always kind of upset me too. When people say I failed in the main event, I thoroughly succeeded in the main event, and I proved myself. I was not put in the main event though to be the man. I was booked into you know an unfortunate situation where I'm pulled, I'm put into Cena's spot, who Cena at the time was put was supposed to work Punk to put Punk over, sure, with all that. 
put in that situation where you take the undefeated streak and you and you put me in there. And also, I, at that point, I had not had long matches, mm-hmm. and and I could. I wrestled in developmental fears. That was never an issue. It was the image we were creating on TV is this guy kills people. Yeah, and then so you're taking that and going against these local guys and whatnot, and then you're putting me in the ring with a guy like Punk. And no offense to Punk, and Punk was extremely talented, and he's a hell of a wrestler. And despite what people might think, I do respect him for his wrestling ability and the things that he did and the WWE. But you taking me and how I look, and then you're putting me in the ring with him after doing all that, and now you're asking us to do work a whole different style mm-hmm. and, and the people were not conditioned to that but i was also it was horrible booking from that point forward of my career i think i lost the next seven pay-per-view matches mm-hmm. or next six and it's and during that time i was the number two merchandise seller in the wwe which a lot of people don't know about going going hot and rather than you see what they do with guys now, when guys start, if you're in that game plan and you're one of the guys and your momentum starts picking up, you can't make enough fucking merchandise to put out for these guys. Sure. I, it was like pulling teeth. Gloves. I couldn't get gloves. The Ryback gloves that, oh, we, you know, the gloves don't sell this and that, blah, blah, blah. Yet Roman Reigns gloves, Page gloves. Two years later, you know, finally, I think right at the end, they finally got you know, some gloves for me. Well, I do remember they released your beanies, but it was like mid July. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, everything, oh, that's a perfect everything. Time. And it, but it was always, I had half the things that Cena had at that point. I'm not saying that I'm going to have the same amount overnight sure. or anything, but if you see a guy who's doing good business and you see these numbers going, you find a way to get this stuff done, which knowing on my end now doing what I'm doing, it's not very hard to get this stuff done. Why was this happening? Why do you think, and this is a real sensitive yeah. issue and guys do not want to talk about this. What's going on with the merch stuff? Why? Why is that a publicly traded company that you would think that you know they're all about their perception and image? And at the end of the day, it comes down to making as much you know the highest dividends for your you know yeah. stockholders. Why would they potentially leave money? Because you're not the first performer to say no. there's been issues with the you know. Yeah. I think recently Orton said you know why his shirts weren't available in kids. Big shows another one who's been there how long he can't get shirts at live events, but. You, they'll put an NXT talent who hasn't proven them, proven themselves yet on TV, and they'll have six things or five things, and it, it's just, it's fucking stupid, it, to be quite frank. Like it, it's ridiculous and it's bullshit. And I brought that up, and I've had conversations with them, and they, you know, and then they pull up your merchandise numbers from right now. Well, your stuff isn't selling right now. Well, no shit, you've booked me fucking horribly for three years or two years. Why would my stuff? But it's still doing better than it should be at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's. Oh, it's like pulling teeth, and it, it and it goes back. I think the there's an infrastructure there, and they want to keep certain people in certain positions, and, and that's what they want to do. And it's and the world's not fair, you know. And that and I don't want to turn this and again, bitching and whatnot. And it's just we did not see the eye, you know, from a business standpoint. And it's as simple as that. And people, you know, you sit there and you talk about well, what other lies were there? And, and, from the very beginning, and there's the ankle situation, which we will go, that's a whole other episode, mm-hmm. that whole ordeal. But like, things that I've talked to Hunter and Vince, Flex Magazine, Muscle and, you know, Muscle and Fitness, numerous times wanted me on the cover. And they've called me, and they wanted me on the cover, and WWE not, get, not letting me do it. Flat out telling me no. And then not finding, or it's not a good time right now. Well, well you just let Sasha come up here and get on the cover, sure. or Charlotte, and again, I'm happy. I want everybody should have the opportunity to do that but i should have the opportunity also i shouldn't be told no on that and my brand should not be limited especially when there's interest from outside things i do remember 
you know, I think a lot of everyone has different, you know, professional wrestling and people listening and people involved in, you know, whether they they're on the roster or they're in wrestling. Everyone, you know, obviously loves and has a passion for this business for most people at least, but also people have outside loves and outside passions. I do remember, um, you telling me like, look, I, I got approached. I'm going to be on the cover of of what was it? Was it Men's Fitness? It was Flitto Flex magazine. They because they was in uh, Madison Square Garden, uh, and they came up to me and uh, they go, "We think you're the one guy in the WWE today that can be on Flex." And I was told numerous different things of why I couldn't be on Flex for that for the particular month. Uh, Hunter and Stephanie were on one of the other magazines. The Bella Twins were on other magazine. We don't want to put numerous performers on on a magazine at the same month. Okay, but we'll let. Well, in January we'll revisit this. January comes, nothing. February never revisited. And then when I brought it up again, it was well, you know, we don't want it, the image with Flex Magazine and and steroids and this and that that. But that wasn't what you told me before, so that story doesn't fucking match up. You know what I mean? And then when other people from them call me, we were trying to get you on the cover again, but you know they want Roman Reigns right now. Well, they're yeah, they're building him as the champion, or he's at the time he might have been champion briefly there and there was always a re- like always something you know and everything that you're saying now are you saying do you think that it was just against you personally or it's against everyone that's not part of the chosen people because yeah uh you know you're, you're saying the things that happened to you but I, i'm willing to believe across the board i'm not the only one yeah absolutely um, and it's just to think why why this kind of happens you know it's it's it seems almost very high school like yeah very- and you know and and to point that out the wwe's mission and goal should be from top to bottom from the lowest superstar on the totem pole to the highest superstar on the totem pole is to go out there and make sure that each individual superstar's brand is as strong as possible. And it doesn't, they should be invested from the lowest guy to the top guy. Everybody is fucking important in that company. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair. And you have your guys that are making your money because of that is the way you're portraying it. And I get that. But everybody is important. And for a guy to be limited and told, no, he can't have outside opportunities, that only hurts your own brand. From a, from a company standpoint, the stronger your individual brands are, the stronger your company is. And I don't think they understand that, or they do, and they just don't care. And, and it's frustrating, and I'm not the only guy. And But I just have my story, and I know the things that I've been through and I've been turned down on that I, I could talk about. Because I'm not going to be one of these guys that, oh, you know, let's leave the company and keep your mouth shut. And, you know, maybe we can come back and make your life hell again in two years. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm doing other things. I'm in control of my life. I control my universe. And I'm going to go out there and show the world what I can do. I don't agree with them from a business standpoint. I thank them for everything. I will take the blame for everything that has happened. My fault. I stayed there. 100% my fucking fault. I take control now. I go out there. I create my success, and I am in control, and that's the bottom line. What were the good parts? You're hearing a lot the of fans. The, the fans. The, the good fans, and not the fucking marks. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that are going to leave some bad reviews about this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. There you get the good and the bad. This, but yeah, This guy gets paid what? I think i got to clarify that, too, because, yeah. look, you know, um, I think uh, I, I've, this goes into what I'm saying before. Um known you for as long as i've known you i've i've have you know a couple really close friends in wrestling uh but the one thing i met you in developmental and like i said i think you were the exception to the rule 
as far as like i said people have this built-in thing you know he's a big guy he doesn't like this wrestling stuff he's another bodybuilder bullshit guy but and i've I've always said that your whole you know everything that you do is going to have to like you have to work extra hard to overcome that foreseen prejudice against you just because of the way you look yep. and, pe- and that fans can't aren't willing to swallow that pill like no this guy has the same amount of passion as any performer that's made in this industry like you chose to be here you're not a you know a failed you know football player yeah. you're not you're not a guy like you've wanted to be a professional i wanted to life. do this yeah and um and I, I still think that that the fans truly truly don't know that um I'm trying to think where i was going with this point i, I lost all track of thought with this but uh I don't know either. Yeah, I, was, I was really listening. I, I, thought, I, I, had I, something good I was looking there. forward to where you were going oh, with this. I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. <laughs> because now they see you, they forget the fact that and this is what this, this podcast is gonna do. We're gonna talk about different stories. It's we're not just always gonna be about wrestling. No, right? no, no, no. It's gonna be about is, plenty of bullshit. Yeah. Uh real and, and just just stories, just talking and, and, and shooting the shit. But my thing is now it's like people fans will perceive you as okay, you were right back. You went through, you had your run, you do that. Now you're on the independence and people, you know, just recently. I don't, by the way, I don't have to wrestle anymore. I am financially very well off and I've done good for myself. I'm doing this because I love this mm-hmm. and I absolutely want to go out and prove to everybody. I didn't agree with WWE's business model and where they were, where they had me throughout my career there. I'm going to go out and I can't control how much time I'm given when I show up. I can only show up and do what I'm allowed. Now I have full control and I'm going to go out and show all these doubters and and prove to everybody how good I am. Like I did there, every live event and anyone who wrestles there and everybody knows how much I put into this and and how strongly I believe in myself and I'm going to go out there and prove them all that I am the number one big guy out there and they're going to see it firsthand. Now you're saying also that you're not doing this because you have to you're doing it because you want it yeah and that's that's, and i told you before the fans you said what the good parts about the wwe and there's a lot of great with the wwe it's just from a business standpoint i don't see eye to eye with them on a lot of things and you'll as we go in more depth about some of this i think the fans are going to have an understanding of oh wow i completely see what he's talking about but being able to interact with our good fans and, and, and to get the, the letters and, and to see the emotions that you can bring out in people and just how much it means to them. And, and for those people out there, I'm truly sorry that I did not stay in the WWE. But if you know me and you know where I'm going and you're going to see how much deeper this goes over the course of my life, you will fully understand. And I promise you it's going to be better. But to them, they don't fully understand that because now they don't see me on TV every week and this and that. And, and I truly apologize, you know, but this is a decision that I had to make in my life at this point in time at 34 years old. I have to correct some things and, and I'm taking control of my destiny. So now you're on the indies, but then more so, I think more than just. Yeah. And we'll talk about the other stuff. But I think people listening really want to hear the wrestling stuff at first before we yeah. branch into other things. They need to. Um and things were like, hey, you walked away on your own. Ter-. It's like almost every time, you know, you, you left that, that that writing that you left that kind of stood up for, you know, how you think things should be. And yeah. people were like, Just you know, the, the Internet community, which honestly, to be honest, they do dictate the pulse of professional wrestling completely, yeah. um, which is both good and bad. And it really, you know, WWE will try to dictate the pulse, but I think the internet really does do that. Unfortunately, if it's written on a website, it just has to be true, and the people, you know, yeah. tend to believe that. Want to address something because it was used against you recently, uh, and I know this because I'm—I guess you can say I'm your manager. Agent. Absolutely, you are. You're uh, my best friend, and I trusted you more than anyone throughout my career. So, and uh, just ignore the amounts missing from your deposits as I as I take them. <laughs> uh, no, but 
your asking price, which you and I talked to, because I based it on, like I said, I've been promoting for, for yeah. five years. And I know what everybody gets paid in the independence, pretty much. Um, and I know, yes, there's some... Which is why on, I came to you, is because you have experience in this field, something that I don't. And pretty much, you know, I, I, I kind of sat down. It wasn't like... There are people, believe it or not, in professional wrestling, and I won't name names, that don't really care about wrestling much anymore, that are still kind of active performers that will, quote, price themselves out. The price got out there, and I don't think we need to repeat the price. People can look up all the whatever, and Meltzer yeah. reported on it, but but it was done in a way I feel like people are using that against you as almost it's all like, how they write it, and yeah. And using it again to go with the prejudice of, see, this guy doesn't give a fuck about wrestling. People got to understand that for, uh, for when a WWE talent's released or quits or whatever the reason is, once they're off TV, same thing with TNA or anything, that an appearance fee doesn't just mean sometimes, hey, I'm here pay me my money and yeah. I'll do whatever. It means a whole lot of different things. There could be things such as, you know, you're there from my experience as a promoter. You, I do meet and greets yeah. along with a match. And that's a particular, that's what you get when you book someone as yourself. You get to be there, you meet and greet the fans and the promoter not only gets to advertise you on the card, you not only gets a match, but they also get a meet and greet where they're going to receive the compensation back or, from pictures yeah. and photo ops. Two, and, three hour signings. And the goal is everyone makes money. Exactly. That's the whole point of the thing, and, and that and that is one hundred percent going to be the case. Sure. So that is, and again, it's it's not you showing yeah. up going. Here's my price. Let me set up my merch thing. I'm walking away. You know, it's it's putting yourself in a situation where, you know, you're paid what you're worth. On top of that, every single unique promoter bringing you in yeah. is going to have the opportunity to make more back. Yep. And that was, and also having the value of coming fresh off television. Um, and I've, I've worked with that and I'll, I'll name talents at that, but there's many people that are on the independence where they leave, they do turn to me for advice. And I, I tell them, this is what I think you should do. This is what I think you should not do. Um, and from my, you know, I've used people that are, you know, quote legends in the past that are $20,000 and they sit there for three hours and sign their autographs yeah. and they're done. You're wrestling. You're doing the meet and greets. You care about this. And for a yeah. lot of those people that are those, pri and there's people that are way this less. This is my image on the line. Like I am going out there, one, to, re to restore some, some lost momentum over the years, and two, to go out there and to be interact with the fans on a more personal level and give everyone their money's worth, and to go out there and to prove to them how good I am. Like this means a lot to me. Like I'm excited. Yeah. Like for the first time in years, I'm excited to go out and like, wow, there's no handcuffs. There's no limitations, and and this and that. I can go out there and, and just have fun, uh, which I am wholeheartedly looking forward to. But and I think people are going to see as this goes on. This is this is going to be good business from week out and week out. It, it's gonna. It's I'm out to prove myself. And you know, with that being said, I mean, you told me yourself. I'm like, how much do you do you want to wrestle? You're like, hey, fill my schedule. I, I want, told you at the beginning I, every weekend. Every and, weekend. And this is coming in in in. I have my hands in a lot of things right now because I and, and when you're on the road with WWE with people, I'm on, you're on the road four to five days a week. Sure, and and I'm you're home a day and a half, maybe two two and a half tops here and there, and you got you're getting in in the afternoon and it's it's doing laundry, it's doing your clothes, it's repacking your unpacking your bag, packing your bag, paying your bills, getting your stuff. If you have families and kids and dogs and and whatnot, you're just running around the whole time. Working out, trying to get ready to go back and on the road for the, you know another five days on a constant cycle. So, don't necessarily have a lot of time to do anything other than wrestling, except unless it's set up mm -hmm. usually by them. And so, for me, I'm so excited now that I 
there's because feed me more is very important to me and it, it is who i am as a man and it is what i live by and it is creating this brand and it's the supplement company that i will talk more about feel so strongly about getting to write this this motivational book wake up it's feeding time you know launching feedmemore.com and starting the clothing line and the workout line it's and then you know what i'm also going to be a full-time wrestler still every weekend book me up as full as possible i i want to do it all and doing this podcast i i want to reach people on a much deeper level than wrestling but wrestling is always going to be my bread and butter and i don't want to ever you know pull back on that right now that makes sense absolutely uh We've already got 43 minutes into this thing. We didn't want to make this drag on. I think we addressed enough stuff in the beginning. And this ain't going to be just talking about uh, every... I think we're just going to start from a topic, to go from topic to topic. But the, the meat of this, truthfully, this we didn't do a podcast. A lot of guys, look, not, not to shit talk anyone, but I think a lot of guys with major exposure hop on a podcast to kind of really hope they can make it like a monetary sort of thing. Yeah. This, isn't, this isn't that. We're it's not, kind of... You know, and it's like I said, I think people once you get to really know me too, all I'm doing with the wrestling is just telling again my truth on this and and what I have experienced. Uh, I the desire and drive in me is so much deeper than wrestling. Uh, I want this to be able to, I want like, you know, I told you the other, I sit now and I, I get emails at the feedmemore.com website and I go in there at night and just sit there and I'm like, I'm overwhelmed by the amount of people that I was like, wow, I've touched these people, but they, they need help. Some of them and they ask just different questions and it feels good to be able to help people on a personal level. And, and for me, this is a way to stay in the public eye. I'm not on WWE TV anymore. Uh, and it's a way to kind of let them know everything I got going on, but to give back and, and just have my voice be heard still. So, and what about the people that send you how many negative emails? You mean the you? fucking marks? Uh, that's what my Snapchat, by the way, which I thoroughly enjoy having fun. And anyone that knows me knows I like to fuck around and, and just have a good time and laugh. But uh, And I feel like uh, in this day and age, and, and you could be a role model and you just you speak the truth. Uh, and you don't have to have this certain image, this squeaky clean image. I can say fuck if I want to cuss. Sure. It, it's not just because you say a word that we've perceived to be a cuss word does not make you a bad human being and uh i think ultimately you're gonna see i love to have fun uh and there's there's i'm not one-dimensional so to speak mm -hmm. like 2012 ryback but uh it, it's it's gonna be much more than that and and i'm excited uh and moving forward and i think this is uh we're gonna do some very big things here and i think we're gonna help a lot of people out and uh we're gonna have a lot of fun all right, then we're going to wrap up the first episode. Uh, again, my name is Pat Buck. You can follow me on Twitter at Buck Never Stops. You can check out WrestleProOnline.com. Uh, we can actually see, uh, I guess you'll be wrestling there and signing autographs uh, in the month of October. We're not really entirely sure when this is going to come out. I, we were thinking September, First week of September, bro. Something like that. We're also recording a lot of episodes, and I think as, as the night goes on, we might get a little bit more, uh, there's more coffee or more wine or something. They make it a little, you know, uh, sloppy There's 36 beers sitting in a cooler right here <laughs> right now. So. so this is the most educated podcast we'll probably do. Um, <laughs> but you can check out feedmemore.com for all upcoming appearances, all the stuff like that. There's so much to talk about. We don't want to make this into a, obviously, a, I've said it before and saying it to death, that, you know, it's not a anti-WWE thing. It's, it's not almost like, hey, this is what happens. Uh, he's got this stuff going on. Uh, I'm going to contribute. I'm going to ride the coattails and kind of just promote my shit off this exposure. So thank you. Uh, as I steal all the, the deposit. Absolutely not. The, You're the, helping me more than you know. But so. stealing all the deposit money. Uh, <laughs> but Which brings us up with next episode. I think we need to talk about uh, our Smoky Bones time together. 
but yeah i think the origins of the fuck goddamn i mean we'll say that, that, for that, the that next does one, go hand in hand with developmental and how we were both very miserable people working at a barbecue joint which was some of the happiest times too though also for me stress-free at that point, found you know? ways to cheat the old system so if uh we might get a might get a phone call or arrested after we air that episode it's just an interesting <laughs> thing but you know what uh I, th- I think that's good for episode one absolutely thank you guys for listening check out feedmemore.com you just listened to an episode of conversation with the big guy Lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How.